Last Sunday morning, I was traveling to our Morton campus. I got a phone call. It was from the daughter, Glennis, of a dear brother who's been a leader and a board member in our church for many, many decades, Neil Conwell. She rang me to say he's gone to heaven. And though that was, for me, a, a moment, and in an earthly perspective, it was sad, there was rejoicing. Lynn and I had been the week earlier in, uh, in the Northern Territory, in Alice Springs, where we'd uh, seen the church shining bright in the midst of an, a town that is so broken. It's so broken. And if we think politics is going to fix it, we need to think again. Then I went to Darwin, and, and we, we're seeing this little tiny bud of a church beginning to pop its head out of the ground. Last Sunday night, they had their first service with our intern crew in town. We had 33 people in town, and half of them were locals, and uh, we're really grateful for that. We're underway, and our public services start in just a few weeks. So um, we flew in, Lynn and I flew in on Friday night from Darwin, and uh, I said, we actually, I just feel we need to go and see Neil, which we did. And we stood beside the bed of this great champion for Jesus as he was breathing his last, lasted another day or so. And as we stood there, one of the families said, you know, he lived to give. He lived to give. Don't you find that inspiring? When your days on earth is done, what will they say of you? I hope it's not they lived to get. He lived to give. It's going to be a celebration of that magnificent life in a couple of weeks. But it does bring me to one of my favorite subjects to teach on. I'm, I'm particularly passionate about it. Along with reaching lost pa- people for Jesus, my other passion is in that zone called discipleship which is helping people who are followers of Jesus flourish in life. God wants you to flourish in life. Jesus came that we may have, firstly, eternal life, but secondly, abundant life. Read John chapter 10. He wants us to flourish in every area, and that includes finances. Take a deep breath. We're going to talk about this today. I owe it to you. Because we pray over you. We pray that in all things you would be blessed. You'd flourish and be in health as your soul prospers. And I'm very aware that finances, interest rates, the cost of living, price of power. I, I know it's on the news all the time at the moment. And it's front of mind for a lot of people. So even raising the subject for some people seems controversial. But please hear me out. Because I've lived long enough on this planet and I've followed Jesus long enough to know, hear this, that kingdom principles supersede social trends. That's why I'm challenged in the book of Proverbs. One of those scripture verses they give you early in your Christian walk to memorize. Can I encourage you to commit again to scripture memorization? 
There's something about it. So in those dark days, you call on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What, 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 what was that pop song? What was that Christian? No, 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 no. Dig deeper. Grab a hold of the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not his word. All right, hold on to his word. And one of the verses that I was given to, to memorize uh, was in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 3, two verses, verse 5 and 6. says, trust, say trust. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And lean not. If you're underscoring words, if you've got a paper Bible, I was actually reading mine this morning at home. I got one that sits on my study desk, and I just thought, it looks like every page things are underlined. There's nothing at all that prohibits you from underlining. Here's one of the words I've underlined in my Bible the word not. And lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6 says, in Does this include the subject we're talking about today? In all your ways. Mm, this is a word we love, don't we, in the 21st century. This is one of the favorite words, especially, especially in social media. They love this word. Submit to him and what will he do? He will make your paths straight. Having been a follower of Jesus now for over 45 years, I, I've learned that if I want God's favor, I have to obey God's word. I have to obey God's word. Some people treat God and his blessing a little like magic. I'll ignore all the principles. I won't obey any of the challenges of Scripture, but I hope somehow God will wave his magic wand, which apparently pastors have a spare one, and they'll wave it, and hey, all your things will come right. Let me tell you something. We walk by faith, not by magic. And faith, faith comes from hearing the Word of God. The Word of God. James says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but also be... Do it. So I'm calling you today to confront the spirit of the age, which is filled with fear, with a different spirit. And that spirit of the age is one of fear. We're not of that kingdom. We're of a kingdom of God, and that kingdom is fueled by faith. 2023 at Hope Center is a year to believe. I love the songs. I led over to Lynn this morning. I just love the song list. I love every song we've been singing, been lifting up Jesus and building up faith. It's a year to believe. This is a season to believe. When the news feeds are filled with woe is us and doom and gloom, the word of God is filled with hope. It's filled with life. It's filled with light. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to his word. And he'll sort it out. Earlier this week, I think it was Thursday, I had, had an interesting moment. In the space of one hour, I saw this stark contrast between society and the kingdom. The spirit of fear and a life of faith. And the news feed was all about rising costs of living. Apparently, 90% of first home buyers currently have mortgage stress, and it's a real thing, and I'm not criticizing that. I get it. But the inference is, we're doomed. 
Woe is us. Oh, fuel prices, power prices, rates from the council, interest rates, etc., etc., etc. We're not going to make it. Last night I had the news and they told us, get ready for this, the price of eggs has gone up. <laughs> so I'm reading this, the, the news and it's all about, and, and I acknowledge these things are real, but there's something that goes beyond the facts. And here's what it is. It's the truth of the word of God. So I'm reading this. I get in my car and I meet with a group of leaders from our church, one who I I meet with probably about once a month and, and just to talk life and leadership and marketplace serving in Jesus' name. And I listened as as we went around the room and everybody gave a report. This was what it sounded like. We're incredibly blessed at the moment. Can't believe the size of the orders that are coming our way. The profits are up. God is good. This is happening. And I just realized it's fear versus faith. Every one of them that was actually literally under the influence of the favor of God had chosen to live a biblical lifestyle driven by generosity. Driven by generosity. One of the concepts that has been built firmly into our family's foundations. Over the weekend, Lynn and I have even been talking about this again. comes from the message version of, of one of my favorite verses in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. I love the way the message puts this. It says, the world of the what? Generous. What happens to the world of the generous? It gets larger and larger. Surely that's our goal. Surely that's our goal. But the next part of that verse needs to come with a warning. Remember Lost in Space? Warning, Will Robinson. (laughs) This one needs to come with a warning. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The promise continues. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I want to go on record as saying, I don't want to waste my life praying small prayers. I don't want to live a small life. I want my life to count. I, 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 I just don't want it to be consumed with small things. I don't want my conversation to be only filled with the, with the little pronouns i me and my come on the old preacher i never forget it we'd hear it a lot when i was growing up this is what they'd say there's only one life will soon be passed it's only what's done for jesus will last come on god has made the bible says in the book of ecclesiastes he's made all things beautiful in its time and that's where a lot of christians park that's not even the end of a sentence It's a comma. But he has also put eternity in our hearts. I want to live a life that affects others for eternity. If you're with me, say amen. I hope you're still dialed in because we're going to go a little deeper. Are you good with this? You see, in, in, in the Bible, there are important kingdom principles called the laws of the harvest. You'll find them from the very start right through. 
to the end of the Bible. Book of Genesis. Captain Noah docks his boat. God gives him a promise. Genesis 8, verse 22. As long as the earth endures. I woke up this morning, it seems the earth is still enduring. Here's what's going to happen. First promise. First thing God says is there will be seed time and cold and heat, summer and winter, well, sort of winter in Queensland. Summer and winter, day and night, they will never cease. As long as the earth endures, God says there's going to be people that plant seeds and the seed planters will also be the harvesters. You'll see that. Genesis, the promise is declared, go right through. You see, especially in the, those early years of the documentation of the nation of Israel, it's an agricultural community, and, and sow and reap, sow and reap. There's a lot of promises in the book of Psalms, in the book of Proverbs, keep going. You'll see it even in the prophets. You arrive in the Gospels. Jesus talks about it a lot, one in every six verses. Jesus is talking about sowing, mostly in the area of finances. He talks about that more than he does about love and grace. You think it could be important? He introduces himself in Matthew chapter 9 as the Lord of the harvest. Right through the Apostle Paul's epistles, the whole concept of sowing and reaping, it keeps emerging. And then we finally arrive in the book of Revelation, and again, there's still a harvest time. This principle is repeated over and over. Sow seed, reap a harvest. Sow seed, reap a harvest. I don't know about you, but I want to live a big life. I want to be blessed to be a blessing. That's my heart. We can put our head in the sand or we can throw our hands in the air and go, oh, society's falling apart. Or we can say, you know what? We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We are salt and we are light. We can make a difference. And how does that happen? By being blessed and choosing to be a blessing. So let me go through a few of these principles. We won't go on all, all of them today, but I'm going to give you a couple. First one, principle number one, we reap in proportion to our sowing. Not my words, Jesus. Listen to them from the Gospel of Luke. Luke 6.38. Here's another verse to memorize. Give. A lot of people say, I'll give once I've received, but where does it start? We start by giving. I've never met a farmer yet standing out in a field. I said, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going I'm to harvest. I said, well, you haven't sown. You give. You sow first. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure. I, I love this image. I'm sure it comes from kind of the vineyards and the grapes. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Here's what Jesus says. For with the measure, say measure, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Oh, press down. We used to sing an old song, jump on the grapes, tread out the new wine, all that stuff, and we'd do the actions. I just want to go on record as saying I hate action songs. Just saying. Action songs and dress-up parties, don't invite me to either. But... I'm traumatized and I'm still getting over it, okay? Jump on the grapes, tread out the new wine. You might not have ever had a vineyard, but you've all had a wheelie bin. Well, you want to get more in. 
All right, Any, come on, quick, quick, quick poll here. Who's ever jumped on their wheelie bin to get more in? You know what I'm doing. That's called compacted blessing. God says, I want to actually give you an intensified dimension of blessing. But, hey, it firstly starts by you choosing to be generous. Give. Then it'll, the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. Here's a big thought. If you want to change what you're getting, maybe it's time you started changing what you're giving. Sow and reap. And the proportion to which I sow determines what I reap. I grew up in little towns like Mandubra. I remember there was one time I spent an extended period on uh, living at a farmer's place. I remember one time actually being on the back of the tractor, standing beside him as he's sowing seed. And I looked at the back, and there was so much seed. If you, if you just saw it as throwing it away, you'd think, what a waste. But there was something behind it. There was intentionality. There was strategy behind it. They sowed a lot of seed. But if you went back four or five months later, multiple amounts of what was sown was ultimately reaped. You reap a lot more. Then you sow. Here's second thought. You reap in different seasons than when you sow. We've got botanists on our oversight. I checked this with them. It's true. It takes time for seeds to germinate. It takes time. It takes time for the crop to be developed. No wonder Paul writes to us in Galatians 6, another great verse for you to memorize, Galatians 6, 9. Paul says, don't become weary. That's a big word. He didn't say don't get tired. Tired? A couple of early nights will fix it, but weariness happens in the soul when you sigh. He says, don't get weary doing good. For in the proper time, that's this moment between sowing, germinating, and growing. In the proper time, you'll reap a harvest, but here's the condition, if you don't give up. But frankly, that's where many people miss out on the blessing and favor of God. They get weary. Some versions say they lose heart in that frustrating gap between sowing and reaping. And we are in the 21st century, the era of the instant, where we want everything now, like right now. And patience, that that wonderful thing called patience, that virtue has gone out the window because we want it now, we expect it now, we're promised speed, everything's fast. The Bible tells me with the help of the Holy Spirit that virtue can be developed in my life as a follower of Jesus takes time. I stood in front of the microwave the other day and I found myself tapping on top of it and saying to an inanimate object, hurry up. (laughs) We used to have ovens and the thing that takes three minutes at a thousand watts used to take 90 minutes in a convection oven. We want everything now. 
Who in the last couple of weeks has said, oh, this internet is so slow today? So slow. Can I remind you, it wasn't so long ago we had a thing called dial-up. And you'd listen to that for seven minutes before anything started. But now, now we want everything fast. Come on, people. Sow seed, reap a harvest. Let me tell you, the gap is worth the wait. I stood on the platform in our Morton campus last Sunday, building beautiful new facilities, almost packed, full. And I thought, I, I remember when, when we sent a little group of people, a tiny group out to Banyo. And then, then that little seed became a, a little tiny shoot through the ground and they grew out of Banyo and they went to Aspley. And then it became a little tiny shrub and it, it went to the trades hall at Scarborough. And then it became a little stronger and stronger. And then one day, God did this phenomenal miracle for this church and we moved it to a beautiful facility on this large block of land. And today, a 600-seat auditorium almost filled with people. But it took us 12 years to be an overnight sensation. It takes time. It takes time. I was so encouraged by that thought because only last week we were in Darwin. God has clearly spoken to us and our partner church in Alice Springs to see a prevailing church planted in the most northern city in our nation. I actually got a little overwhelmed at one point as I was preaching. Firstly, because people need Jesus. And secondly, we're incredibly honored to put a seed in the ground. It's a tiny seed. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like somebody who plants a seed. Looks about the mustard seeds, it's really small. But in time, it becomes this tiny shoot, and then it becomes a shrub, and then ultimately it becomes a tree, Jesus said. He goes on and says, that tree ultimately, you know what? Birds of the air. I think in our context, birds of the air are the locals. They can come. What do birds get from trees? They get food, they get support, and they get encouragement and protection. And that's what the church will do. I thought, wow, this is history. No wonder the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't Stop despising your seed because the miracle's in the seed. But the seed is useless while it hot, stays in your hand. You ever met a farmer? You know, what are you doing? Holding the seed. Just believing. Believing for a harvest. Well, so you see, uh-uh. Believing for a miracle. Well, so it, let it go. And it's not until you let the seed go that the harvest begins to grow. It's the key. So what do you do in that frustrating season between sowing and reaping? The answer is you have to water it. That's where the person of the Holy Spirit comes in. He's the reign of heaven. We have to feed it continually on the word and we've got to just stay in the sunshine of the presence of God. But the key is don't give up because there's definitely a reward for people whose lives are driven by a conviction of God's word other than just consumed by the news feed. I've led churches through GFCs. I've led them through... Other times when we, we've had all sorts of financial things happening, 
I've seen God do miracles, and he'll continue to do them because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's not having a panic by, about the interest rates. And just in case anybody has forgotten, there was a time when some of us were paying 16% on our mortgage. That was fun. But God was still good. So I have an assignment today. I want to invite you to step in and for others of us, step up into living this kingdom way. I can tell you, you won't regret it. In Genesis chapter 26, there's a record of a famine that was sweeping across the nation. And in verse 12, this is what we're told about Isaac. It says he planted crops. King James says he sowed in that land. This is interesting, isn't it? This is in the middle of a famine. A drought was everywhere. It was during the recession they had to have. And the land, they sowed in the land, and at the same year, what happened? He reaped a hundredfold because what? The Lord blessed him. He made a decision. See, all of the natural markers said you shouldn't sow. Look at your pastor. There's a lot of pressure right now that says lean on your own understanding. The natural markers say, oh, you can't do this. By the way, I don't know how much any of you give, never have, never will. To be honest, that's between you and God, not you and me. I just want to help you flourish in life. And so I'm obliged even when a lot of people, the media don't want us talking about this stuff. Let me tell you why. The spirit of the age doesn't want the church to prosper. God does. I would that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Isaac sowed. And in that year, in the midst when all the natural sign says, don't do it, he sowed. And in that year, he reaped a hundredfold. Wow, do we serve a miracle-working God? Do we serve a God who is true to his word or not? See, there's, there's a higher dimension to living than just caught up in your own small personal orbit. It's the Jesus way. It's the way that makes a difference for others. Which brings me to the last thought, and with this we're going to close. There is a why behind kingdom sowing. There is a why. There's definitely a blessing that flows into our lives. Lynn and I can report 41 years next year, next week, 41 years. June 26, if you're sending flowers, we won't be home, but send them. Uh, 41 years of marriage, and I can tell you these principles have been non-negotiable all the time. And we've seen as we've trusted God, you can't outgive him. He's true to his word. Some days it's like, whoa. We've said he gets the first, not the last. Seek first the kingdom and the other things are added. That's how it works, even when it doesn't make sense. We've seen it work over and over and over, but beyond the blessing that flows into our life, hear me, hear me, church, there's purpose behind the blessing. You are blessed. Please don't hear this as cliche. You are blessed to be a blessing. Malachi says God's desire is to open the windows of heaven, pour out blessing on you. Ready? Ready? that you can't contain. You're not meant to contain it. 
don't pray prayers of God. I just pray that today you give me enough just that I can get by until the next paycheck. That's small prayer. It's selfish, actually, when the world is hurting and broken. You ever realize that you can be an answer to the prayers people are praying? You can be. In the book of Acts, there's an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? There's a revival breaking out everywhere. And you know one of the first signs that God had worked in their hearts? Everyone's needs were met. People were so impacted by what God was doing in their life, a God who gave everything so that they could have salvation. They said, you know what? If I can't meet the need with what's in my wallet, I'll sell something so that your needs are met. And the Bible says there was favor upon them and there was a move of God that literally continued to spread around the world. The spirit of generosity was on the back of an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Generosity is not a reflection of the size of our wallet. It reflects the size of our heart. Hearts that have been awoken by a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. God is doing something special across the earth, across our nation. That's why you're seeing a whole lot of opposition in the secular world. Of course, there's a counterpunch from hell, but let me tell you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's okay. And as God stirs his people, he doesn't just stir them to believe for more, 10 more services. No, no, no. There's something that says, you know what? I'm not meant to contain what God's doing in my life. I want to be a blessing so others can find the wonderful grace of our God. I hear conversations. This, this This is how it goes sometimes. Are we a church that's committed to revival or community transformation? And I look at people like a cow at a gate and I go, why is it or? Why isn't it a hand? In fact, hear me. And there's a lot of talk about revival these days. We need it. Our nation needs a spiritual awakening. But let me tell you something. Any work of God that ultimately doesn't cause God's people to live in a missional way, ultimately becomes a fascination and it burns itself out because it's totally turned on itself. For God so loved the... Mm, there's a thought. We were at um, a meeting the other day and, and it was. You, you, I wish you could have all been there. Should have sold tickets to it. Our church oversight, our Hope Ventures board, our location pastors, our exec team and others, we, we were all in one room. And we're talking about how we can actually continue to serve the cities that God has called us to. It was very moving. Our hearts were stirred as we began to listen to stories of across the different ministries and locations our church we heard about how we're going into the universities and, and just in the last week or two, we, we took wellness packs to university students, particularly the internationals, particularly those kids that have come from rural areas and they're in town. We took wellness packs. We, 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 during exam season, when it becomes so stressful and they're surviving at best on two-minute noodles, we took in stuff that would be encouraging and nutritional and just give them a break and let them know we care. We heard about in, in Redlands, a brand new baby campus, but they're already reaching out and doing community lunches on Russell Island. 
heard about what the shower truck is doing, helping the homeless. I was blessed this morning even watching people bring all those blankets in. You know, we live in our beautiful homes and we're so secure and safe and warm. It's not the reality for some people. In fact, homelessness has changed. It once upon a time was just, you know, that, that person that had addictive problems in their life and they're, they're living under a bridge now. Let me tell you something. Single mums are raising kids in cars. We can't look away. Heard about in Logan how our seniors in our ministry became aware of a school where children were turning up hungry. So you know what they did? They started a breakfast club. The retirees. They're feeding children. They're giving them nutrition. The school loves us. Their doors are open. Say, can you help some more? In fact, uh, the conversation started in in one of our locations and it spread right across the church because, you know, one of the most stressful occupations on the planet right now is being a school teacher. It's tough out there. So we're going into schools and we're encouraging teachers and we're just saying, thank you. Serving First Nation people during NADOC, going into the... State Children's Hospital on Mother's Day and Father's Day and the stories we hear back would just warm your heart. This list goes on and on and on. I don't have time today to give you just all those things that we were doing. But let me tell you something. Look at me. Not one of those things is happening because of a government grant. It's all happening because we are part of a generous community. All of it. And you know, as your pastor, you know how much that just brings joy to my heart. We are blessed. But it's not to consume it on ourselves. It's to be a blessing. Yes, week after week we preach the gospel. Can I tell you something? One of the moments in church life that continues to say to me, it's all worth it, is a water baptism. Just last week or so, people are being baptized. I was in a church in South Africa preaching about three weeks ago. Every service, every week, at least three services a Sunday, just in one of their five campuses, 30 people per service getting baptized. Saying, God, keep doing it. That's ultimately where life transformation happens. And we do it week in, week out with our children, with our youth, with our young adults, with our seniors. We do it all because people are actually living and giving according to the principles of the Word of God. And today, I want to encourage you, friends. Let me tell you something. This is all a personal choice, by the way. No one locked the doors when I stood up to touch on this subject. It's a free choice. Let me tell you something. Decisions have consequences. And obedience unlocks favor. And I want you to be blessed in every way in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask you to stand today and we're going to pray. I'm going to give the Apostle Paul the last word on this subject. Unless you're serving, please don't move. Respect this moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. When the Bible uses these words, I actually think we should do it. He says, Remember this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also what? Reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart to give. Please underscore these words in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. 
No one's demanding anything today. But you need to hear this. God loves a cheerful giver. And here's my prayer over you today. God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, could you imagine this? In all things at all times, having all you need, yeah, God's interested in your house. And he's interested in his house, but he's interested also in a broken world. So in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I pray that over you today, that you prosper in every way, but you do it because you've put God's word into practice. Would you bow your heads today and open your hands before the Lord? I pray for you that in all things that you'd abound. I pray that your needs would be met. I pray that you would reap miraculously as you have sowed sacrificially. I pray that in all things you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. I join with you in committing to being a church that not only looks inward, its conversations not small, but whose eyes are up and looks out to see what the Lord of the harvest sees. And Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts so that we are people that are generous not only with our finances, but with our words and with our time. We want to live that large life that brings glory to Jesus. While people are praying, and as I prepare to walk off this stage, and Pastor Luke is going to come and close the service, can I ask this question? Everything we talk about today as followers of Jesus is a response to a God who loved us so much that he gave us his son. That's why we're generous. We reflect the heart of our Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And with every head bowed for a moment, I wonder how many in this room need to say, you know what? If God gave his son so that I could have life, I've never received it. I guarantee songs we've sung, something that's been said today has has spoken to your heart. And you say, you know what? I'm ready to receive God's forgiveness the life he has available to me that changes everything the minute I let him in. I wonder how many just say, for the first time ever, Wayne, if you're online, just respond to the team that are available to you right now. If you're in the room, for the first time ever or the first time in a long time, you say, oh, I want to get right with God. So many people across our ministry have been doing this in the last few months. It's so exciting. I wonder if today this is your moment. You want to take it. So I want to receive the life that God has for me through Jesus. It's as simple as that. Simply saying yes. I want to pray for you right where you are. That's you. Would you raise your hand right now? Say, yeah, that's me. Something in my heart says today is that day that I'm ready to cross the line and say yes to Jesus. That's you. Raise your hand hand straight up. Say, that's me. So, Father, as hearts are open, take us deeper in you. Help us live these lives and respond to the promptings of your Holy Spirit every day, we pray. 
Continue to speak to people who are still on a spiritual journey. And Lord, help us embrace all that you have for us. All because of Jesus.